Hey Lexi, Disney and Marvel Studios have finally decided that us peasants who don't want to risk a life-threatening virus to go to the movie theater get to see Thor Love and Thunder. So would you like to talk about it? Yep. Then let's get the conversation started. Hello and welcome to Lexi Kind. It's Maddie. Lexi. Dylan. And spoilers for a two-and-a-half-month-old movie. We're reviewing Thor Love and Thunder. If you don't want to know what happened in it and somehow haven't seen it yet, I suggest that you check out something of our back catalog and then come back to this once you've seen Thor Love and Thunder. Well, yeah. we've seen Thor Love and Thunder. We did. We should have seen it several months ago, but we won't get into all that. Yeah. Anyway, Thor Love and Thunder, the fourth installment of the Thor series. First Avenger to have four movies, right? Thor 4, yes. Well, yes. four movies of their own. Yeah, and individual Hulk movies. has the, well, not the least of the Avengers. I was going to say, Hawkeye has the least of the Avengers. I was going to say, Hawkeye got a show. He didn't get a movie. So, Thor 4, Thor and Gore, what did you guys think? It was, it was definitely a movie. It was pretty good. I, I liked it. I had a really good time watching it, and, um,. Probably enjoyed it as much as any Marvel movie since Endgame, with the wow. possible exception of Shang-Chi. Wow. And maybe Far From Home. Um, I'm hard-pressed to say it's the best Marvel movie since Endgame. Uh, Shang-Chi is probably better than it. Mm-hmm. Far From Home is probably close to it. And I'm sure a lot of people like No Way Home better. I personally didn't enjoy No Way Home as much as a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So from an enjoyment standpoint, I definitely put uh, Thor 4 ahead of it. Not that I can really say it's a better movie. Even, even um, when I'm being you know specifically critical of it, there are definitely some flaws with it. So it's not necessarily a better movie, but definitely the one I've enjoyed the most for a long time. I don't know why I could rank it as far as enjoyment goes, but it was good. And of course, Thor is one of my favorites, so it was fun seeing his own movie again. I'd say the his second movie? best. His own. Okay. I'd say the second best Thor movie. Welcome to Thor's home Rock. movies. Ah. Now, see, I disagree. I mean, I love Ragnarok. Ragnarok is top tier in Marvel for me. Y'all know that Ragnarok, Endgame, the original Avengers, and Black Panther, that's top tier. I would not put this top tier. I probably wouldn't even put it in the second tier, which would include such films as like uh, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, But it's definitely in the top half of the Marvel movies, I'd say. But it's um, better than the other Thor movies. No, I don't think so, because I think the other Thor movies at least knew what they were. I don't think this movie really knows what it is. It, it lacks an identity, sort of like the titular hero in this case. <laughs> can, we just, can we just get into that, please? I'm really tired of this Thor trying to find out who he is after 10 years it's of the It's taking him some time. I mean, He's got a lot to look through. We, we've dealt with this Thor identity crisis in Thor, in Thor the Dark World, uh-huh. in, <laughs> in Age of Ultron, uh-huh. in... Infinity War and Endgame and Ragnarok. I mean, at some point, the dude's got to find himself. He's getting He'll find himself after the next one. I'm just saying, 10 years in, he should be there. And, you know, I thought, oh, he's going off the Guardians of the Galaxy. He knows his place now. And it's like, eh, not really. No, that was just the next journey to getting to his place. Yeah, and I I wish the Guardians had factored in a little more to this movie. Like, I I, I know uh, you think interesting what I think. Yes. Well, I mean, look, I I know contractually and um, financially... Yeah. Schedule-wise, they weren't going to necessarily be in the whole movie. But I just yeah. I just thought they would mean more to it. I mean, to be fair, I suppose they do lead Thor to Sif's distress call. Yeah. So they matter to a degree, but it just really felt like... It didn't even feel like a setup. It just felt like something we did at the end of the last movie. And, oh, we, we got to reconcile it, so let's do what we can to get him out of here quickly. And we've seen a little bit of that in the MSU. Like uh, Peter Parker being exposed by Mysterio at the end of Far From Home. Mm-hmm. And that did factor into... Uh, no Way Home, but it didn't but play it did. as big a part in it as I thought it was going to. And, and even um, the spell that uh, Doctor Strange casts in No Way Home, it, it's referenced in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness as being this big yeah. uh, a plot driver, but it really had nothing to do with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So I just, 
I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like the Guardians really meant anything to the story, and I was hoping they would after we saw them go off together at the end of Endgame. Yeah. Now, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the first half of this movie had a lot of the same issues as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and then it relied way too much on the humor to the detriment of the plot. I mean, I almost felt like James Gunn directed half this movie, okay. which is strange to say because I really like a lot of James Gunn's work. I love the original Guardians of the Galaxy. I think the Suicide Squad is fantastic, and Peacemaker was awesome. But Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is, in my opinion. I don't know if it's the worst Marvel movie anymore because Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness bad, <laughs> bad, 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 bad. So. It's, it's one of the worst, too. And again, disclaimer, I haven't seen The Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah. So that doesn't get linked anywhere. Um, but I, I do think the movie started to pick up about halfway through. The humor started to, to be dispersed a little more mm-hmm. and, and, and work a little better. Mm-hmm. And by the final third, the movie is fantastic. And it, and it gets much more serious and much heavier, uh, emotionally heavier. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not suggesting it needs to be some dour pout fest like a lot of the DC movies were. Yeah. But Marvel has done a really good job of balancing the humor with the seriousness and the earnestness and in this movie they just it's just way too much comedy. I had heard prior to seeing the movie that I heard a lot of people saying that it was it was an okay comedy, a good comedy. It kind of fell short compared to other Marvel movies, but comedy wise and Taika, I'm sorry I don't remember how to pronounce his last name yet again. Yeah. I'm honestly not sure if it's uh Taika Waititi or Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. but I think either one's pretty close. Well, either way, I heard that it, it's a good movie for him, and it's a good comedy, uh, an okay comedy, but it kind of falls short in Marvel, so I definitely expected there to be quite a bit of humor in it. Yeah, I expected it too, I but I don't expect. even feel like it was good humor. I thought, by and large, a lot of the humor just felt really flat. So, one hint is that the movie is just like, the at the beginning... It doesn't know its identity, but as it goes along, <laughs> it finds its place. It finds its place. Yeah, you. Can it's kinda, just like Thor. You kind of look at it as a, as a metaphor for Thor. Possibly. So it's perfect. Thor four, Thor and Gore, <laughs> Thor's metaphor. <laughs> oh or gosh. Metaphor, no, Thor four, Thor and Gore, metaphor for Thor. Oh gosh, <laughs> that would be quite a title. I mean, I doubt it was intentionally like that, but it may have been. You never know. Um, to me, though, this should have been what what if. Mm-hmm was until they decided to go in the direction of the uh, heavy-handed morality tales interspersed with Looney Tunes cartoons and do this whole interconnected multiverse nonsense that they did in the series but if this is what what if was you know what if Jane Foster be what if Jane Foster became Thor that would have been awesome yeah and at the the same time too I almost wish this was like a Dragon Ball movie where it's not really canon to the main story Mm -hmm. it involves the main characters and things that are going on in in the in the Main, main canon, story, but it's but not it's really not canon. canon. Which again, you could do that if it, what, what this could have either been a whole season of what if, or it could have just been a what if movie. That would have been awesome. But if if this is, and I assume it is, I don't know why I'm saying if. But if this is canon to the main MCU, it, I definitely have a lot more issues with it. Interesting. Not that I have a problem with Jane being Thor or anything. That's not the issue. There's other issues in the movie. But yeah, Jane is great as Thor. Yeah, she was awesome, and I'm glad to have Natalie Portman back. She's she's been one of my favorite actresses since her debut in The Professional or Leon the Professional. Interesting. I, don't I was going to say interesting to everything you say, apparently. Thanks. Interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. Interesting. You don't say. That's very interesting. Interesting. How many times can we say interesting before it gets boring? Interesting is interesting. I think it got boring sentences for me ago. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the uh, nuts. But I'm not going to go over the whole plot piece by piece. So whatever spoilers there are just going to come out of yeah. our analysis. Um. First off, I thought Christian Bale as Gore was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, a real revelation. And I know Christian Bale is a good actor, but he was awesome in this. So much so that I, that I think that performance and that character deserved a better movie than it got. Wow. 
Um, not that it's not a bad movie, and it's a very fun movie, an enjoyable movie. Yeah. But I just think you could have done so much more with that heavy backstory of his, and, and you know, building up the character and the torment he's going through, and mm-hmm. then you see a bit of that at the very beginning and at the end. But in between, there's just so much comedy. It's a weird dichotomy. It's almost like it's two different movies, and they could have played with that a little more too. Like they had the Shadow Realm where it goes all black and white. Yeah. You could have done more oh with that and the idea God. that you have this 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 reality, the colorful reality, and then the dark shadow world. Yeah. But they didn't really play into that that much. It's like they visited and then they're gone. The Real shadow world awesome. I was going to say, can we just acknowledge like the visual effects or whatever while they and, were like, there? And the lighting from How it did like stuff. all go black and white, but yeah. there was some lighting from the weapons. Yeah. That, was, that was really that was awesome. nice. Quick aside, uh, Bruce Pritchard also has a podcast. Mm-hmm. He also works for WWE, but uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. He always, uh, when he talked about their live shows, he said, we're going to be live in Living Color and his co-host Conrad Thompson would bust him about it. Like, what else are we going to be? But I was wondering, is there like a lighting treatment you could do where you on a stage would appear in black and white? There's got to be, right? There's got to be some way just to strip out the color because that's all light is, is color. I'd say yeah. probably, but I don't actually know. I know in the LOL movie they say that, but that's an animated movie, so that yeah. could just be a their world sort of thing. I'm saying, you know? if we ever do Lexicon live shows, I want to be live in black and white. Oh, damn. What? You, you be black and white. I'm staying in full color. I just thought that would be a very interesting look. And, and it was an interesting, interesting look in the movie. But again, it's something they didn't do that much with. And there's a lot of uh, stuff in this movie that I feel like is wasted. And it's not fair to say Christian Bale is, as gore is wasted. Because the performance is phenomenal. And he does really uplift the movie. And, and he gets some really good stuff, especially toward the end. But even whenever he does pop up. But uh, I just feel like you could have done so much more with that character and that performance deserved a, an even better vehicle yeah. than we got. Um, I thought Korg was a complete waste of time in this movie. And Korg. I, I, I love the character and I love Taika's performance of him. But I just, he could have just been the narrator of this and it would have worked just as I well. I mean, some screen time. You know, you could have had in the middle of the movie Thor's back in Asgard or new Asgard. He finds out uh, Jane is, is now Thor as well. And, and uh, Korg and. Um, Valkyrie could have had their scene together, and he could have, he could have told a story about how his species reproduces to set up his little bit at the end where he meets yeah. his, his husband Dwayne the Rock. I don't say the Rock, but they have mentioned that, that is a reference to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as it was, I thought he was wasted. I mean, for one thing, I don't recall him going off with Thor in the Guardians at the end of Endgame. I'd have to go back and check to be off. sure, but I don't remember that. Yes, I understand. But if, if he's off with the Guardians, is the idea that he's gonna they're gonna come back to Earth regularly? That's not the I have the no feeling idea. I got seeing Endgame. I have no idea. I just want to say that while they were with the Guardians, okay, they get goats, and there's a scene. They bring the goats onto the ship. Speaking and of a waste of time. And they're trying it's to figure problem. it out. It's like a problem that there's goats on the ship. And then at whatever point, Thor leaves. He walks out of the ship. Kirk is there trying to deal with the goats. And, and you watch that, and it cuts away, and then it cuts back, and Kirk is standing there with the goats. And it's mm-hmm. like... I'd have to go back and... It was just oddly cut. I, I don't know if it is like, oh, he just dealt with it when we looked away, but the way it was cut, it felt really odd. I'd have to go back and watch. I don't specifically remember that. I do sometimes pick up on that in movies. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. I think in the Hawkeye series, there were some weird cuts like yeah. that. Um, it was probably just a time cut. It could just be a mistake, and they're like, eh, nobody's really going to notice, or we don't I have noticed. to bother with it. Or it could just be a time cut, like yeah. you say. One of my big problems with Korg in this is that if you're going to play the sacrifice card, mm-hmm. you need to either make it count and stick, 
or give a really good reason for the character to be resurrected. And they didn't do that here. And, I, and I'm not one who really enjoys seeing beloved characters be killed in things. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, make it count. In this case, it was just a quick throwaway joke. Oh, I'm still alive. Now I'm ahead. Yeah. And that stuff of him just being a face was ridiculous and not funny in the least. When, when he and was I don't see that anything the to the plot. Said, I mean, that it was awful. Weird. It looked terrible. And they still didn't dwell on his supposed death for like three minutes. It True, it's like, pretty quick. I'm dead. Oh wait, no, I'm I'm actually alive. Right, but but for a minute there was that <gasps> Korg's dead, and then it's like nope, not really dead. Yeah, but just for a second. Um, one thing I do think they could have done with Korg that would have been fun, it, and it wouldn't have made the movie any better or worse necessarily. But there's the scene in um omnipotent city where Zeus flicks off Thor's disguise and he flicks too hard and he leaves him naked there. And of yeah, course, you just see some butt. You don't see. You know, too much. Those those luscious, luscious abs, of course. But uh, And then he said he's going to flick off his companions, this guy's. And they're like, no, no, no. I like their reaction. They're like, no, no, we'll do it ourselves. But I think it, it could have been funny. Hear me out. Zeus flicks their disguises off, and they're all naked. And, and again, they're covered up. So this is not a ploy to see Tessa Thompson and Allie Portman naked. They, they, they'd be covered to a degree. Um, but Cork's just standing there like, hmm? Oh, what? No. I'm just rock, really. I mean, uh, don't really even know why I wear clothes. Just, uh... <laughs> Force of habit, uh, conform to societal norms and all that. <laughs> oh, yes, do all you want. I don't mind. Oh, God. I just think that would have been cute. And then they swoon over him. Yeah, and you could have taken two. You know, there's the scene where they're fixing to leave and Valkyrie kisses the hand of one of the zoo sets. Now, that's not my name for him. That's how they're listed in the credits, the oh. zoo sets. Um, but, but at the, because, you know, they were, uh, the whole court was like swooning over naked Thor. Yeah. And they could have, one of them could have given like a, a, an appreciative little nod to Valkyrie when she was stripped and Valkyrie's trying to cover herself up but she gives her a little nod back and then that's the girl whose hand she kisses on the way out. So you could have done some fun stuff with that. But again, it wouldn't have made the movie any better or any worse. Just yeah. a different direction. Real quick, you, you were talking about that city and you mentioned Q. I just want to acknowledge the little dumpling god. The god of dumplings, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I figured so you would cute. like that. Very the much. little guy. It, it, that, that was almost too much because it's a different style than everything else. But I, but I guess in a world it felt out of place. Of but infinite I possibilities. It. There are going to be things that look differently, and it's no worse than like the different multiverses we saw in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Which speaking of, I'm just going to throw this out. I, y'all know I hated Multiverse of Madness. I thought yes. it was terrible. But what if? What if? And hear me out. What if Taika directed Multiverse of Madness and Sam Raimi directed? Thor, Love, and Thunder. That, Think of what Sam Raimi could have done with, with oh gore, God. though. That'd be so many jump scares. It definitely be a horror movie. I feel like I, but, but, he would lean into with that, with, sure. Maybe. And I, and I, and, and I do almost feel like in the oh, MCU... Great, though. I almost I feel like in the MCU they're giving the filmmakers too much leeway now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good for them to bring in some of their own artistry, but you still want it to fit the overall vision. I feel yeah. like some of the movies are deviating too much from it, mm-hmm. which is why I suggest it would have been better as a what-if, or I know they're not going to do this in uh, the MCU unless they do it as what-if movies, but like the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z movies where they're not really part of the, yeah. the canon. But still, I just think, I think Raimi could have done more. And I'm not saying Taika couldn't have done more. He just chose... To, huh. to lean too much on the comedy, which maybe he felt like was such a serious villain, you needed more comedy, but I think there's a better way to balance it. Yeah. And by and large, the MCU films do. But like I said, it's, it's a case study. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 versus Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 masterfully balances it, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 just ruins the movie with its stupid comedy. So that's just an initial thought experiment there. Uh, and speaking of Valkyrie and characters that are wasted, I thought Valkyrie was wasted in this, too. She really didn't get that much to do in it, and it's like... So you gotta do some commercials. We haven't really seen this character much for a while, and it would have been nice to see her get to do some stuff. Yeah. And what she did was fine, and Tessa Thompson was, was, was great in the role, but again, they just didn't give her much to do. Yeah. And, she and I'm, the lightning bolt temporarily. I, I, yeah, I'm not suggesting leave the character out, even. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I felt like she, you know, get rid of some of the stupid comedy. Get rid of the goats. <laughs> no, the goats we need to like the goats. 
they the did. The goats were absolutely pointless. They didn't they even set up. The they, they set up they jokes that didn't need to be set up because they Plus weren't the good goats. jokes. They led the boat. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, goats. but the boat could have flown without the goats. Boats don't we really, didn't see that the though. Boats don't go bridge. Boats don't really fly. No. So mythology, if you're gonna make it fly, you can make it fly without the goats. Probably. Maybe, but this isn't Norse mythology. This is Marvel comics. It's based on. It's based on. It, but, they, but they definitely adapt it, so you don't have to. And guess and what? Two giant goats. Even so, they could just bring out the goats. They don't need to do this whole little subplot with them that wasn't funny. The goats. It's Chekhov's right. goat. You have a go in the first I, act, I love you the use it to guide a boat in the second act. But you don't have to have it in the first act to have it in the second act. <laughs> go. I love the goats. Also, they did McDonald's toys, and the goats are the best of those, so... Speaking of commercial tie-ins, you talked about Valkyrie doing like the Old yeah. Spice commercial. That was kind of cute. And by the way, uh, Meek was in it. Who knew Meek was female? I, I that was a revelation. Yeah. Like, again, not good, bad, or indifferent. It just is, and it's like, wow, I'm surprised. Boss. But let's talk about the most controversial thing in this movie. Infinity Cones. <laughs> yeah. And like, look, the Infinity Stones saved them and they're sort of the building blocks of the universe. So it's not crazy that they would uh, use them in commercial aspects yeah. or even, you know, artistic endeavors. But also but I'm pretty sure that was Thanos' gauntlet. Yeah. If it was the Stark gauntlet, that would make a lot more sense. But the idea that in New Asgard, they're going to have something representing Thanos' gauntlet, considering, you know, it was... That combination caused a very bad thing. They, uh, yeah, considering all the havoc he wrecked on the Asgardians, considering that he apparently forced the Asgardians' friends, uh, what was his name, Dimitri? I don't think that's exactly right. I don't remember. Um, Peter... Peter Dinklage's character, the dwarf. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on I still don't remember his character's name. I, I think it was it was similar to to Dimitri or, or okay. Dimitri, but apparently Thanos had you know killed all his family and friends and forced him to make it and then ruined his hands as payment. Yeah. And he you know the dwarves are clearly friendly with Asgard, considering all the havoc that Thanos raked, raked, raked. <laughs> Thanos is raking a lot of havoc. That's Farmer Thanos raking <laughs> yeah. havoc. <laughs> Thanos. That's just crazy. Like I say, if it, if it was the Stark gauntlet, I would buy it. If it was just Infinity Cones, I would buy it. But having that gauntlet there, that that's pretty dark. To oh. be fair, the same gauntlet was uh, the same design was in Odin's vault. A, it was fake. Mm-hmm. Okay, as Hella pointed out. B, I don't think it had the stones in in the vault. I think it had the stones, but different uh, like fake. Stones, well, they were definitely fake stones, then, but. Then that, like and, of course, on the comic and of course, that, that, that's one of the little bit of retconning that doesn't make any sense. Why was there a version of it there? And uh, Because Odin wanted to pretend. I mean, I guess to be fair, maybe that's why the dwarves had the mold to begin with, because they made yeah. that gauntlet for Odin. But maybe maybe he was going to get the stones, and then he decided, you know, because Odin has kind of a dark past, so I guess he was reformed and decided not to get them. Maybe. Yeah. But that's another road that I don't think we necessarily need to go down right now. Probably. But yeah, that's the only that's the only excuse I have for it. Uh, uh, nothing else. Is it kind of, eh? Okay, I tried to look up the character name for the who Peter Dinklage played. I haven't found it yet. But apparently, he he filmed scenes for Love and Thunder. According to this, according to this, Christian Bale said that they got to work together, with, but he didn't make the final cut. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Was he gonna die? I don't know. I don't know, maybe he somehow factored into the uh, Thor, Stormbreaker, Mjolnir, Love Triangle. Oh, well, I guess with Jane, it's a love rectangle. That's a shape. That's I didn't really like that either, like Thor, all... His, ma- his name may have just been Itri. Itri, there you go. I, ha- I had part of it right. I was just trying to add too much onto <laughs> it. 
But I didn't. I didn't really like Thor pining over his lost hammer. Like I thought he was over. He he, he went and got he Stormbreaker. Thought he was I, over it. Again, I thought he had moved on to Stormbreaker. Not quite. Yeah. It's not more. He thinks he's over it. He moves on. He realizes that he wasn't over it. He actually moves on. But I don't even like that. And then in the in the end of the movie, we'll Such jump ahead of that Disney when he thing. he passes on. Stormbreaker, and it was like, wouldn't it have made more sense to pass yes. on Mjolnir? I mean, uh, okay, notwithstanding, I don't know how the charm works, and who all could, could wield it, but apparently Thor has the power to evoke that now, because he passes off his power to the kids in, in the climactic fight. I guess he either gained it when he became worthy to hold the hammer, or when Odin died. And when he, uh, well, Maybe he always had the power inside him, just like he had the power of thunder inside him. And in the flashbacks, of course, we see... Thor talking to Mjolnir to protect Jane. Yeah. And it seems like the charm is sealed. And of course, that makes you think, you know, that's why she gets the hammer and why she becomes Thor. But then it's revealed that that's actually killing her and making her unable to fight the cancer. Which so it's, a re- it's really weird. At first, it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Thor asked the hammer to protect her, and now the hammer's doing whatever it can to protect her. But it's not. It's actually killing her. So what was that all about with Nobody Thor's charm the hammer? And failed. Miserably. <laughs> it gave her power. She just died because of it. Yeah, I, I don't know what it did. It did not protect her. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it protected her from God and the monsters. I, to a degree, but she wouldn't have even been in that position without exactly. the hammer. Exactly. And Thor's Thor specific words to Mjolnir were, you know, like, protect her, keep her safe, or prote- keep her protected. Yeah. Something to that degree, not give her power, even if it kills her, so she can help me fight one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mjolnir tried. It wasn't even to just like simply help her for anything. It was literally to either keep her safe or protect her. Mjolnir's fine. So, Mjolnir failed. Um, Hashtag Mjolnir failed, Jane Foster died. Yeah, I'll get back to the end of saying I did want to point out, because it ties back in, in in a sort of weird roundabout way, the one bit of comedy, not the one bit, uh, plenty of the comedy was okay. Some of it was just bad, and a lot of it was out of place. Mm-hmm. But the one bit of comedy early on that I really did like was um, Matt Damon and, I and I guess, uh, Liam Hemsworth. And um, I can't remember the actor who played Odin in, in Loki's play that we saw in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I know it was Matt Damon back. I assume it was Liam Hemsworth back playing faux Thor. I don't know. Um, it, might, it might be Sam Rockwell who played Odin, and I'm assuming... I, I didn't look it up. I'm assuming he's back as well. But we see that, that basically that play again being... Yeah. Well, no, no, an extension of it, because this time they're, they're uh, showing the scene where Odin passed away, and he dusts away in the golden dust yeah. to go off to Valhalla, and um, then Hela comes in. But then they come back to a little later on after the after Gore's uh, attack on New Asgard, and he's abducted the children, and they're plotting out a, a new play... Dramatizing that. I thought, yeah. that, I thought, I thought, hey, that was a cute little bit, and I thought it was cool to see Damon and Hemsworth back for that. Yeah. It's always fun to have a cameo. Definitely. And, um, and then it plays then later into Jane's death because when we see Jane die, she golden dusts away. And, she does. And when we saw that, I'm like, oh, we're going to see her in uh, Valhalla. And I wasn't sure who we were going to see. I thought it could be Odin. I thought it could be Frigg. I thought it could even be Loki. Mm-hmm. Some combination that I've, uh, but we got Heimdall, and that was pretty we awesome. Did. I did not expect, I did not expect to see, uh, Idris Elba back in the form of Heimdall, but I, I love the character. Idris Elba is probably my favorite actor right now, so it was cool to see him again. Um, I do think it would have been cool because when Thor finds Sylph, she's like, I'm, "Just let Sif. me die." What I say? Sylph, like Sylph Cohen Pokemon. <laughs> my apologies. Um, when he finds Sif, I hope I didn't say that earlier. Too. No, you said Sif. No, earlier. I don't want to have to record re-record this whole podcast because I got a name wrong. <laughs> but um. When he finds Sif and she's lost an arm, she's like, just just let me die. And he's like, no, I'm going to save you. And anyway, you, you should have died in battle, which 
to be fair, Odin didn't die in battle, but I think he, Odin sort of supersedes that. Yeah, either sort of that or because he... Like, in mythology, he's supposed to oversee Valhalla or something. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Who knows? Into Valhalla. But he, what? We're going to believe Odin that he did. No, no, but that's the assumption. <laughs> and because the tie-in with him dusting away in the Golden Dust yeah. and then Jane doing the same thing. And yeah. Jane ended up in Valhalla, and I thought that was the, the, the key, the cue to, oh, Jane's going to up in Valhalla. But anyway, Thor makes a comment to Sif about, maybe Arm's there. Yeah. And it kind of would have been funny if, like, a... Oh, Heimdall had it draped on his shoulders, or, or like a, a, you, you see a tight shot of, of he and Jane talking. And there's a hand tapping, and you pull back, and it's just Sif's <laughs> arm tapping. It's like, oh come on, we got to go. Yeah, that would have been cute. Speaking of Sif, I wish she was in the movie more. She's just in the movie for like two minutes. Yeah, yeah but it's nice to see her on. too, and, and that we she, never and, get and she did Sif survive, time. so we got a chance to see her later on. Since yeah. I did, hope we see since her. the credits did confirm that Thor will return, whether it's in his own standalone movie, which would make five now. Hey, yeah. I'm here for five Thor movies. If it's I don't know if it's more like the second half of this or more like Ragnarok. Yes, if it's more like the first I'm half of this. I'm not so sure. One. I am always down for Chris Hemsworth. We do need another movie though because uh, the end of this was a little ambiguous in that uh, Gore uses his wish with mm-hmm. Eternity to uh, bring his daughter back after some cajoling from Thor and Jane. Yeah, and you know that this is the point from from the. Uh, once Thor shows up and, and he and the kids have that climactic battle against the shadow monsters and Jane returns and then we get into the stuff with each other. This is when the movie really kicks into high gear and really finds its tone. Yeah. And, and is really befitting of all the characters and the performances and the story. And by the way, did anybody else think that Eternity looked like Galactus? Yeah. With, with that head shape. And I mean, I mean, that may be something that's drawn from other that may be mythology as looks. well too. Yeah. But it, it almost it almost just feels like it can't just be coincidental, not in the MCU. That's got to be kind of a mm. nod to Galactus is going to tie into Eternus. I'm sure we're going to get Galactus at some point. Probably. Or maybe that's uh, how Eternity looks in the comics. I don't know. Yeah, you said that already, I thought. You did. Yeah. At least you started to. Yeah. We heard it. Don't worry. We're good. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's <laughs> how it does. But anyway, Gore uses his wish to, uh, to bring his daughter back. And, and I thought at one point, too, that maybe when, when Thor's like, you could choose love. I'm going to... Why would I spend the rest... Of my short time with you when I can spend it with her. Make yeah. your choice. I thought maybe... Uh, I didn't think about his daughter first. I thought maybe he would end up using his wish to, to save Jane. I thought so, too. I or thought, I thought the way it went was interesting. would have been able to use the wish. But yeah, my thoughts was either Thor would get there, make the wish, or there was a moment when he ha- he's, like, blocking go sword or whatever, and he looks over at Jane, and at first I thought that would actually be the moment, like, she would get to go there and make the wish, kind of, you know? Yeah, but it, that wouldn't have been very heroic for her to have a self-serving wish like that. Somebody maybe else had to make that wish. It. And I thought maybe Gore could be like, I'll just go into the afterworld and see my daughter there. I and thought even that, though, to too. be fair, the guy at the beginning said there is no afterlife for y'all, so not confirmed for them. But no. uh, the way it turned out, he brought his daughter back, and then... Uh, of course, Jane has that moment where he's like, she'll be alone. She'll never be alone. And you realize, oh, Thor's going to adopt her and we're going to get, as uh, Korg says, dad god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, we get that, uh, not post-credit, but post-script to the story where Thor's off on adventures with Gore's daughter. Yeah. Who in real life is Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Nice. And um, you see she has some kind of power. She She's like eye lasers. And, of yeah. course, he's letting her wheel storm break and they're going into battle. So, obviously, she's, she's not just an ordinary child. And I don't know if some of those powers were manifesting before she died or if this is all because she was reborn. And Cork does say in the narration uh, – 
the child born of eternity. Yeah. So clearly she has some more powers, but I, we could have used a little more explanation for that. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get it in the next movie. I definitely hope appearance. we get a movie or series or something that explores more. But it just feels like there needed to be a little more. You can't just throw that out there. Oh, suddenly the Facts. child has eye lasers and she's fighting <laughs> battles with Stormbreaker and, and drawing on Mjolnir. You which can't is, which again, it there. Shouldn't he have passed Mjolnir? She drawn Mjolnir. It's more her size. He should have realized, yeah. no, Stormbreaker, this is where I am now. It's time to move on yeah. from Mjolnir. Yeah. Would have made much more sense. Stormbreaker's like freaking her size plus. And like I said, yeah. the, the the only thing I can say is maybe she couldn't wield it, but it seems like at this point she could. Thor has the power to change yeah. that too, because it was always just Odin that made it that way. It yeah. wasn't just naturally that way. And we we had a uh, going back a little bit to that. Well, last thing, like I said, we just need more of an explanation. You can't just throw it out there and then not explain it at all. Or at least for me, it's one of those things like watching it. You're fine with it because it was a good movie overall, but you're left thinking, but wait a minute, why? How? Yeah. I need a little, just. And it doesn't need to be a big thing. Obviously, this is just the postscript, and we're going to presumably get more later on. But I just, I want a little more. I need a little more of a setup to explain this. Yeah, Not just same. being asked to accept, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah. But uh, going back into that climactic battle when the children of Asgard have been kidnapped and they're in the Hall of Gods, the, the outside entrance into eternity space. Mm-hmm. I forget, is the center of the universe, or did it have an actual name? Uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, universe. I don't recall. Um, and, you know, Thor shows up, and then they got a battle shadow monster, and he's like, all right, you guys go in, you can fight. And then they, 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 they all pick up their weapons, little scraps of metal. One kid has, has their, a bunny. Has their stuff bunny, and he's like, you know, by the power of Thor, whoever so wields these weapons shall have, very temporarily, all my powers. And that is a badass scene. I lo- and, and they do it to the, to the breakdown of uh, November Rain. Of course, Guns N' Roses is all over the soundtrack yeah. to this movie. Um, that, that that's a great the scene. The bunny weapon. The bunny was it. awesome, and then that sets up you know Jane's return, which we knew from the credit she was going to show up there, so we kind of knew what was going to happen. Like, oh, she's definitely going to whether whether it's going to lead to her death or, or what. You know, she's going to show up to save him because we saw her flying in on uh, yeah Valkyrie's horse Pegasus. Yes. Did have an I don't think is it ever named Magic Portal Pegasus horse. I have no idea. But um. That that's badass, and then like I say, leading into the the scene with Eternity and, and Thor finally getting serious for like the first time in the movie. <laughs> Just took him a minute. That that stuff's all great. Like I say, the last third of the movie, the last third of the movie would rate right up there with some of the best of what Marvel's done. Mm-hmm. It's just the rest of it drags it down to a degree. Um, speaking of Guns N' Roses, of course, their songs are all over. We start off with Welcome to the Jungle and Sweet Child of Mine plays over the credits, and we get the breakdown of uh, November Rain, and it probably showed up in some cues elsewhere. But um, Heimdall's son. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought that kid was a really good actor, and I thought the character was really well done. It was nice, and that's one case where you don't need a whole ton from because you're just introducing them and you're getting them started. And hopefully, we'll see more from I, down, I hope we'll see more down the road. Um, I do wish he had chosen somebody better to take his new name from because Axl Rose is kind of a legendary douchebag. I mean, great lead singer, but a real douchebag. He, he's only found I, the music so far. He hasn't so like, gotten that deep yet. You know, maybe you should, I might agree with Thor. There, maybe you should have stuck with Astrid because Axel's kind of a dick, but. I, I did think the character and the actor were, were cool, and I hope to see yeah. more from them. Maybe, the maybe it'd be cool, you know, much later on we can actually see him sort of in the role of Heimdall. Or, like, yeah, bring back clearly the same he's got Heimdall's older. powers. Yeah. And, and I, th- I thought that was really cool, too, where Thor's like, your dad showed me how to do it, now I'm going to show you. I thought that was a really nice moment. And again, I like those more serious moments. And I'm not saying Thor can't be, can't have some comedy to it, and, and Thor can't still be a little ditzy, if that's the right word, but I think he's just... He's too much that dumbass. I think he should have grown a little bit more I, by now. I feel like we, we do need to acknowledge, and, you know, it's been years within the MCU for him it's just to know something. He's a god who's I know, been around but, for but a long even, time. Even in the first movie, when you see glimpses of that, you'd still see that serious Thor and you'd see some growth and into Ragnarok and the other it, movies. It takes more than a summer. 
And and I know he fell it off a little. Holes. I know he fell off a little bit in the wake of the snap. Yeah. And in his failure to behead Thanos at the right moment, but I don't think that his mental acumen was going to regress because of that. Did he just do a lot of fucking drugs or something in the meantime? I mean, would they even affect him? I don't know. He's coping. But, uh, but, but yeah, it, it's taking him the summer to figure things out. But he did that already. He didn't finish doing it. He's not worthy. It. Then he he's, is worthy. He's, a, yeah, he's a figuing out piece by piece. Yeah. Then, it, then he loses his mom and he deals with that. And then he's been having he to deal with a lot. Age but then one he summer he's had to deal with a lot. I mean, imagine losing everything Then he loses hammer and, and he almost gets beat, beat by hell and he finds the power within himself and... Then he lets his people down, but he goes and he gets the weapon, and he comes back to save the day, and he doesn't save the day, and then he falls apart because of that, and then he does help save the day in the I'm end, and then he's he's finally movie. there where he needs to be, and no, nah, it's lost. This movie probably explains, you know, it's been a summer. Well, I mean, it doesn't explain that it's been a summer, but it's been a summer, and he's found and lost love. He's lost his dad. He's lost his mom. He's lost his brother numerous he's been times. Through all that he already, found out he had a sister. He lost said sister. That was no real loss. No, but still, he had to deal with that. All the little battles we've seen him dealing with, the whole Dark World stuff, literally the whole Infinity Game and failing and fighting Thanos and the time travel. Infinity Game? Infinity Game, yep. (laughs) That's the ship name of Infinity War and Endgame. (laughs) You don't feel like explaining both movies. I just feel like as much as this is what if Jane Foster became Thor, so I was like, what if Thor lost himself? Again. Again. And needed an old flame to find himself. But is the old flame Jane or the hammer? <laughs> Both. Overall, though, I do think this film is worth checking out. I enjoyed it. I had a really good time watching especially once we get into that final third. Yeah. I, I was really fully into it, so it's definitely worth checking out. Like I said, I'd rank it as the worst of the four Thor movies, mainly because I feel like it has an identity crisis. If it was a little more focused, I would probably put it over the first two. So depending on what you like of it, you may like it better than the first two. And you may enjoy watching it more than you did the first two. Yeah. But I don't think it's as good as the first two. And it's definitely not on the level of Ragnarok. But it's definitely not a bad movie by any means. It's not a bad Marvel movie either. Good movie. Um, any other bits of the movie you guys wanted to address? Mm, not that I can recall. There's, of course, the uh, the post-credit scene, or it may have been the mid-credit scene. Oh, yeah. Whichever one was not Jane in Valhalla. Yeah. When we see that uh, Zeus actually wasn't killed. And, and that's the case where I don't mind the character wasn't dead. We thought they were dead, but they weren't. Again, it's a minor character. It's not something that anybody, just anybody has any real time. affection for. We didn't have time to have any emotional connection to them. And again, I mean, I know it was his own weapon that hit him. But, it, you know, I mean, Zeus probably should be harder to kill than that probably. when it comes right down to it. But we see him recovering. He's like, you know, I'm going to get that Thor. I'm going to knock him out of the sky with my son, Hercules. Yeah. And um, I feel like Hercules gets wrecked by Conan, though. You would we think so, know. because all Hercules really has is strength, and Thor's definitely got that plus some, but we don't know what the MCU Hercules is like. Yeah. I, I'm assuming we're going to get to find out in the next Thor film. Yeah. I, I haven't heard anything, but why why, why do that if that's not going to be the case? Cool. Um, I didn't, I'm not familiar with the actor who played Hercules, so unless I'm missing something, I don't think we should think, oh my god, look who's cast as Hercules. It wasn't like, oh my god, The Rock's playing Hercules, <laughs> which would be amazing, by that the way. That would be awesome. Yeah, would Dwayne be. Johnson's Hercules against Chris Hemsworth as Thor, that, oh, would be, that would be something to pay for. I'll, I'll take just like a 15-minute clip of that, That's honestly. a pair to draw to. I don't know if it can happen right now with, with Rock doing uh, Black Adam with DC, which, by the way, the trailer for that looks awesome. It does. That looks like one of the better DC films so far. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Mikey, I don't know what you're saying. She's trying to show her thoughts on I understand, the movie. but do you understand what she's saying? Is she trashing it? Is she, no, but I'm sure somebody's listening to this with the cat and they get it. 
I'm, I'm, she's, she's probably talking about how good The Rock looks in that Black Adam trailer. <laughs> it's like, I'm not here for Hemsworth, just here for The Rock. She's providing content for all the cats listening. All right, well, y'all want to give a rating to Thor Love and Thunder, even though it's a little late because we didn't get to see it in theaters? Sure. All right, who wants to start? Eight, seven and a half. Yeah. yeah eight, probably. seven and a half? So eight, seven, five? Seven and a half, eight. Which? Somewhere. So seven, seven, range. five. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, somewhere like maybe maybe an eight. So you're sort of like on my rating scale, you're like good to very good. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna give it a what if Jane Foster was Thor out of ten. All right. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us this week. Make sure you come back next time when the conversation will continue. Until then, I am gonna continue to be Maddie, Lexi, and Dylan, and this is Lexi concluded. Bye. Bye.